0: Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute.
1: Regardless of what we have to say, our ability to say it is equally important. If we cannot express what we have inside, No one will listen to us anyway. This is the great intuition of Sololinsky in Rules for Radicals, where he outlines the words used by organizers, the education necessary for an organizer, and highlights the importance of their ability to communicate. How does this relate to the gospel? Hi, everybody. We're going to be talking today about communication and education of an organizer in order to communicate according to the thinking of Saul But more than that, I want to talk about it according to the thinking of Jesus Christ. Because after all, we're here not just to study the thought of this person in uh, in Rules for Radicals, this one book that he wrote, because it's an important book, of course, and it's done a lot to shape our world today by shaping people who have shaped our world, for better or for, for worse. This book has been effective and I want to look at it because when you look at things that are effective, well, you learn how to be more effective. <laughs> it's kind of a simple thought, but it's a very important one. I mean, are, do we want to just allow ourselves to have great ideals and to want to change things and make an impact? Uh, but are we satisfied if we never do? One thing that's, I think, a, a plague for us as Catholic leaders is that we're not thirsty enough to make the impact and Saul Alinsky represents somebody who was completely focused too much. So to be honest with you, but he was completely focused on that impact, that impact alone. He even relativized it to the truth. He relativized the truth to it. He's like, it doesn't really matter if you're right or wrong. What matters is if you're effective and he makes statements like that. But there's something refreshing about being around someone who actually wants to make the change. George Washington, for example, and, you know, to use another secular example, George Washington was passionate about the revolution and at a moment when many of the soldiers in the American Revolution were turning around and leaving, I'm thinking of December 1775 and early January 1775 when Boston was under siege and they just never thought that they had to stand up this long in the cold and things were coming up but they weren't being paid and they just, they just started walking off. It was Washington who held the course and said, well, you may choose to leave, but every country needs us to be patriotic now because everything in our country is on the line. And even though in his personal letters that he would write to his former secretary, uh, he would you know, bemoan the fact of things and talk about, I never should have taken this charge and things like that. On the outside, he always demonstrated a passion for what he was all about. And the people followed him because of it. He wanted to see that war won. You don't fight in a war unless you intend on winning it. Well, there's so many of us today that aren't quite at thirsty enough, to be honest with you, about winning the cultural wars to, for the issues that are defining our children and our marriages and who we are in the future of our country. And yes, I mean, in terms of the, 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 the political situation today, of course, but it, to win it in the name of the eternal, to bring God effectively into our workplaces, to make an impact and a difference on the people that are around us, we're, we're, we're far too lackluster, far too often. And I don't think that that's the way of the Lord. You know, as a, as a priest, and I go around talking about leadership all the time, everyone knows that, ah, oh, Father Nathan, the St. John Institute, the Leadership Institute, and that's true. We aim to be the premier center for Catholic leadership in the country. Why? Because why wouldn't we? We believe in what we do, right? There's, and many times I come across this type of attitude from Catholics themselves about, listen, you got to, things don't really matter that much. It's not as important, you know, that we succeed in this or that thing. And I understand on one hand where we come from on that because, you know, you can go overboard on things and make the things of this world way too important when, you know, eternity waits and we're supposed to be living for heaven. I understand that, you, that there's a concern for overemphasis because you can see that in Saul Alinsky, I mean, this guy was living explicitly and exclusively for what he was doing politically. He even puts it in, in, uh, in the, his chapter on the education of an organizer. He even references the fact that few of their marriages ever succeed. It's almost expected that if you follow him in his school, you're going to be unfaithful to your spouse. You're not going to be able to maintain celibacy. Your marriages are going to fall apart because the work is that demanding. You know, he says time is meaningless, for example, for an organizer, the hours and the days stretch on and you're supposed to sacrifice everything for the cause. Well, I can understand why, you know, Catholics can have a little bit of a trouble with this, but at the same time, I want to push back to say, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son and Christ so loved the world that he sent his 12 apostles And all of this sending into the world is because the world is important. If you were to look at yourself as having been sent to your family with a deeper sense of of a belonging to God, the challenges that you would confront in your family, they would be opportunities for you to meet your God and see his strength instead of objects of complaint. Or if you were to see yourself as sent into this world, with the lights and the talents and the passion that God wants you to give for the changing and the betterment of this world, well, you you would look again at what's happening outside of you, not as, as something we should just bemoan, but something that we should attack. Catholicism is not about playing defense, folks. It's about playing offense. And playing offense, it means trying to score. (laughs) We're trying to put the football in the end zone, okay? And this is something that that Saul Alinsky represents and puts forth for us in a marvelous fashion. So how serious can we be at the same time about the mission that God has given us, a teacher who doesn't want to teach well? I mean, will they ever be a good teacher? Uh, A business owner who doesn't intend on making his business thrive, how is he to be relied upon by his staff, by his employees? Uh, A trained professional who works every day in in the office and and is there to to make a marketing plan but doesn't want to make a good one, won't be there for long. Folks, if we don't intend to knocking things out of the ballpark, we shouldn't be up to bat. And the fact is, a lot of us are up to bat, and we haven't heard that message because we think it's okay to just muddle our way through, which is why other people are taking our positions away from us. If we don't use the microphone that is on top of the podium, someone else will. I want to see you using it, right? This is why we're studying this class. And, this, and Jesus wants to see you using it. When our Lord came to this earth, he chose the most effective means to save the world. There was nothing better to do than to, by coming in through the Virgin Mary. No better way to save the world than in his family for 30 years. No better way to save the world than on the cross. But he looked out for and tried to find the best ways he sought to be effective. It was according to God's will. It was in God's time. There were times where it was seemingly ineffective, but he never lost his taste or his drive to make that impact. Now in your, think about, you know, you're sitting there as a manager and you have uh, people underneath you that you have a difficult time with. Are you going to go after and try to actually make the statements and have the communications and the conversations that you need to have? Or are you going to put off the conflict? Well, most of us put off the conflict because we're not intent on winning. That's just an example. But when you know that that person is sitting there and you know you've got so much to do, well, maybe it's time to be so intent on being the manager and the leader that you know you're supposed to be. That you won't let anything get in your way, neither
0: fear nor lassitude. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to Eagle Eye Ministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E Ministries.org, and subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today.
1: So, where does Saulinsky say all of this? How do we how do we get a grip of his? understanding of what it takes to be a, an organizer in his words. Well, it starts, if you look at the chapter on communication, uh, here's a statement that just, it's the most beautiful thing. He's, he I love when he writes and that he begins his paragraphs most of the time with his main idea. He either starts with the main idea or it's the last sentence, the first or last. And every chapter, he hits it off right out the top. And here's what he says in the beginning of chapter six of his book. Uh, The Rules for Radicals, he says, one can lack any of the qualities of an organizer with one exception and still be effective and successful. That exception is the art of communication. It does not matter what you know about anything if you cannot communicate to your people. In that event, you're not a failure. You're just not there. Very strong words. What's Zelensky's saying? For him, all that's necessary to organize a, a, pe- a people into a position of grasping power, the have-nots and the haves, requires that the leader of those people be able to communicate her ideas effectively to the people she's leading. Now that's amazing because it's something that we don't always emphasize. We think that the leader has to be the general out in front. It has to be the passionate person willing to take on every storm, which is kind of true, especially if you're an organizational leader, but as essential to anything, according to Linsky and according to the time held tradition of the church as well, is the ability that you have to bring what's on the inside of yourself into what's the, in the inside of the other person while respecting that the other person is uniquely qualified and is a different person from you. This, this is what's hard about it, is that there's something in common. You want to bring what's inside of you and put it into, what, into your people, right? But you have to do it in a way where the people own it as if it was from them, with their own genius, their own memory and emotions and education, around that same concept, but expressed and held in a whole different way. that's a very tricky thing to do, right? Because it requires on the one hand that we start with what's inside of us and we end with something that seems different when it's inside of the other. And it's not that it's different, it's just that it's expressed differently. This is very hard, very, very hard to do. And yet it'll define our success or our failure as a leader. I remember one time when I was starting uh, the St. John Institute and trying to get things going, I asked a a, a friend of mine who was a very experienced leader, been in corporate America, been in the educational world. I said, what do you say leadership is? And I remember this, it was a great answer. He said, look over your shoulder and see if people are following. If people are following, then you're leading. And I thought that was, you know, it seems simplistic, but actually it's very accurate. Leadership is not something that you can just read books about and then implement their strategies because it has to come from the heart. The first principle of a leader and, and, a, and of making an influence on other people is that it's got to be your influence. And Alinsky says the same thing. He says, people only understand things in terms of their experience, which means that you must get within their experience. When we communicate far too often, we begin with what we want to say and that's the, that's the failure. Instead we need to begin with what do the people need to hear and how do they need to hear it? If I really want to move someone from point A to point B, I don't start with my product. I start with their problem. The hero in the conversation is not me, it's them. It's like that old adage when it comes to fundraising, right? People don't give money because you need it. People give money because they need to give it. And if I can tap in to the deep need that people have to support causes that are important to them, I'll be a successful fundraiser. And if I'm a parent and I can't get inside of the shoes of the child that I'm trying to talk to, then, you know, no matter what I say, they won't hear me that empathetic stance that allows me to sense the problem and the motivation of the person speaking to me is absolutely essential for my ability to communicate with them. For Alinsky, he talks about this in terms of the education, for example, of an organizer, all in chapter five five of the book. He says, you know, there's different things necessary. And the, the number one thing, you know, he starts off with, he says, the educator or the, the organizer has to be curious. Right. By curious, he says, he's driven by a compulsive curiosity that knows no limits. Right. He, he speaks about Socrates as being an organizer. He says the function of an organizer is to raise questions that agitate, that break through the accepted pattern. It has to be irreverent, has to be imaginative has to have a sense of humor, has to have a bit of a blurred vision of a better world, right? And organized personnel. He goes through these different things and all of them are because he recognizes that what organization for him is essentially it's communicating the passion and the ideal of the people themselves back to them. Now that's all fine and dandy for him as an organizer. What does it mean for us as a Christian leader, someone following Christ? Well, when I, when I look at our Lord, he, how did he bring people into a relationship with the Father? He began by speaking in their language, on their terms, and understanding their problems deep down inside, that all people were yearning to breathe free, that everyone wants to be in the light, that everybody has a sense of sin that they want to avoid, and beginning there, he linked the, that need well, to himself. I am the light of the world. I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the way, the truth, and the life that you seek, right? It's not enough just to have the truth. To bring someone else into the truth, I have to begin by looking where they're looking forward for it. This is just an awesome principle that can give a lot of hope for today, because for many of us looking at our culture, we say, my goodness, these young people or the culture in general seems to be anti-Christian. And I see a lot of blogs about that. I see a lot of emails flying around, a lot of comments speaking about that. And I don't like it as much as it could be very true. What I don't like about it is that sometimes it seems like we're backing ourselves into a corner where there's no hope. The same Christians that are saying, oh, we're being persecuted, you know, this way and that way. And again, we probably are, but the messaging that comes across from that is often a messaging of despair, meaning that it's too late. The world is evil. The culture is bad. We must stand up and condemn it or else, you know, they're going to condemn us, that type of logic. And for all the truth that might be there, I want to push back a little bit and say, my job is not just to condemn the culture. My job is to save it. And if I can look at a culture, call it out for what it is, where it's bad, yes, name where it's persecuting me, etc. fine. But I have to do it all with this intention of finding that the same things that they are persecuting me for are typically the very areas where they're crying out for my message. The fact is the family, sexuality. The, the role of, of money in the economy, the open border issues versus the fence, all of this type of things that are dominating the conversation in our world today, these same issues are precisely where the church could pose her positive voice. People want to know what love is, what, the, what gender is, what the authentic role of women ought to be. I just have to read inside of the violence and the vehemence of the attack, the cry of someone looking on the other hand for precisely what I have found. The the art of evangelization and the transformation of culture begins when I decide determinately to communicate what I have as effectively as I possibly can.
0: Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at SaintJohnInstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. The saints are
1: people who not only were masters of spirituality, but in most cases were real masters of humanity at the same time. St. Francis de Sales spoke about what communication is, and he said heart speaks to heart that the word that i speak has its origin not in my mouth but in my heart and it's an outward expression of something that i carry inward so that you through the outward function of your ears can receive it inside of yourself from my inside to my outside to your outside into your inside Communication flows, he says, the, the, the power of the word from the heart to the heart. And if I'm going to begin in my role as a leader, I've got to figure out how I can say effectively, step one, what's actually in my heart. But I need to do it in such a way that I know will get through the ears and the psychology and the mentality of the person in front of me. This is the same thing Alinsky says over and over here in his chapter on communication. You have to start not with the way the world, you want the world to be, but the way that the world is. And and the goal here is that the person who receives your word spoken takes it as if it was something that came from them, something that they own from the inside. There's a type of respect of the alterity of the person that tolerates the fact that you're trying to influence them. You're trying to move their ideas. He says, you're trying to manipulate them and that that's a good thing. Well, I think it's a little bit strong in terms of his language, but I think I see what he's trying to say. At the same time, the second stage is that I have to respect that they are them and I am me and that they have to grasp it to their level and with their own experience. But if I start from my heart and I try to end in their heart, that's where I can find the pathway to effective communication. And of course, this is so important in the organizations in which we work. How many problems could be solved if only we could learn to speak effectively to each other, right? <laughs> I mean, it's common sense. Not only problems solved, but, but crisis averted. And as a leader, especially in difficult moments, it's the words that I say. Aristotle said that the principle of good speech is clarity. It's not how beautiful you put things. It's not how fancy you say things. It's whether or not people understand at the end of what you say, what you were trying to say. Clarity is the goal because the, more, the clearer something is in its directives, the more weight it has in terms of action. If I want to move my people, I should seek to speak clearly, distinctly. And that means not just in terms of brevity of words, it means getting into their problem and solving it for them. Man, if I could only do that with my spouse, right? If I could only do that with my children, if I could only do that with my colleagues, that speak in a way that allows them to act and moves them to act effectively, I would be a leader. And, And as Christians, we see our Lord as the master of this. When he spoke, people were riveted to him. The crowds came from all over the countryside, standing on the shore of the Sea of Galilee to the point of crushing him. He had to get into a boat in order to continue to speak. The the crowds followed him into a a deserted place, far from food, such that the disciples said, dismiss the crowd, right? And our Lord refused to do that and had them sit down and then fed them on the grass But it was because the people had had not had anything to eat all day, preferring instead to listen to his words. It was so powerful that in John chapter 6, the people came to, to make Christ the king, and he had to run away into the wilderness by himself. All of this shows us the power of the word that Christ proclaimed. How did, and, and the importance that he had of proclaiming it. He didn't just walk through the world saying, it doesn't matter. I'm a resident genius. I'm smarter than you all, <laughs> which is true. He was smarter than us all. He wanted to make us smart, right? So to speak, he wanted to us give us the light. And so he spoke in parables. He spoke about the things that we knew farm life, the agricultural life, family life about losing a coin. I mean, who here hasn't lost their car keys and sought through the whole house to find them? Well, he uses that as an image. He speaks about family relationships and mothers and fathers. And he speaks about the vines and sheep. He begins with the world that the people are in. He doesn't begin speaking about heavenly realities in a heavenly way. He speaks about heavenly realities in an earthly way. Because he's not there to show off how brilliant he is. He's there to bring us into his brilliance. There's a fundamental beginning to clarity. If clarity is my goal, humility is my starting point. I will be clear to the degree that I put myself underneath my listeners to allow my words to actually resonate in their experience And address their problems. Communication will win you more followers than passion, fury, or anger. If you really want to make a difference in the world, learn how to communicate to the people that are around you. Begin with their problems, not with your knowledge. Speak words that address their motivations, not your own brilliance. Choose images and examples that come from their world and their needs instead of imposing on their worlds where you think that you need to be. Let's say a prayer here together and ask God's blessing. Lord Jesus, I ask that you help us to communicate. Help us to open our minds humbly to where our people need us to be. Help us to be the leaders that bring true influence into this world by your power. We make this prayer in your most holy name. Amen. St. John, pray for us.
0: Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at Institute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.